Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, uh, in the name of Jesus. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against me in judgment, thou shalt condemn. Lord, give me a sign. For this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, said the Lord. Amen. Uh. Lord, give me a sign. I really need to talk to you, Lord. Since the last time we talked, the walk has been hard. Now I know you haven't left me, but I feel like I'm alone. I'm a big boy now, but I'm still not grown. And I'm still going through it. Pain and a hurt. Soaking up trouble like rain in the dirt. And I know only I can stop the rain with just a mention of my Savior's name. In the name of Jesus. Devil, I rebuke you for what I go through. And trying to make me do what I used to. But all that stops right here. As long as the Lord's in my life, I will have no fear. I will know no pain from the light to the dark I will show no shame, spit it right from the heart Till it's right from the start You held me down and they, nothing they can tell me now Lord, give me a sign Let me know what's on your mind Let me know what I won't find It's all in time Show me how to teach the mind Show me how to reach the blind Lord, give me a sign Show me what I got to do To bring me closer to you Cause I'ma go through whatever you want me to Just let me know what to do Talking to him, knowing he's fighting. Cry about life ain't nothing. But you either be the one that gets you trapped or the one hunting. Trapped in your own mind, waiting on the Lord. A hunting with the word that cuts like a sword. Spoken word is stronger than the strongest man. Carries the whole world like the strongest man. Who's the trial of tribulation? You never let us down, Jesus. I know you're here with us now, Jesus. I know you're still with us now. Keep it real with us now. I want to feel, show me how, please. Let me take your hand. I walk slow, but stay right beside me. The devil's trying to find me. Hide me. Hold up. I take that back. Protect me and just be the steps of fight. Give me a sign. Let me know what's on your mind. Let me know what I'm going to find. It's all in time. Show me how to teach the mind. Show me how to reach the blind. Lord, give me a sign. Show me what I got to do to bring me closer to you. Because I'm going to go through whatever you want me to. Just let me know what to do. Lord, give me a sign. Tonight we continue, hopefully finishing up, 
at least as much as I would like to share about my travels throughout the United States. We first started this off with, um, we first of all entitled this Enlightenment. Enlightenment on my travels around the world. And then there was a Enlightenment on my travels around the world, part two. And then there was uh, Enlightenment on my travels in the United States. And this will be Enlightenment on my travels in the United States, part two. Simple and plain. Simple topic. Very, very uh, deep information. At least I think it is. So how is everybody tonight? Hopefully everybody's doing fine. I do mean that. I really care about you, although some of y'all have never met. Why not... Um, Speaking of listeners and people that support me and that have been there since the beginning, seem like, I just want to thank you all tonight. Um, really want to thank the East Coast, not that the South and the North and the West Coast don't. Those callers don't mean anything to me, but I get a lot of callers from the, uh, and I talked about this a little bit last week, but I get a lot of callers from the uh, East Coast and the uh, I just feel like that is where a lot of people come into reality probably a lot faster than most of the nation. I don't know if it's because the area just has so many people. and I don't know. But I get most of the callers that, that will listen tonight will no doubt come from the East Coast. So I really want you all to know that I appreciate that. Um. So tonight, I plan on covering those states, those cities and states that I did mention on the last show. A few of the places I really didn't get a chance to finish. I started talking about them, but time ran out. So what I'd like to do tonight is finish up those um, cities that I didn't get a chance to finish, and then... Um, go ahead and talk about the new ones. Y'all got to bear with them doing like, you know, when I first start the show, I'm always doing about two or three things at the same time. So anyway, um, again, welcome to the show, and I want to thank everybody that is uh, already tuned into the show. Uh, I say it every week again, but I really do appreciate it. I really do appreciate y'all. Those of y'all that are on time, on the in the chat room on the phone lines, I really really appreciate it. when you're doing these shows. It just feels good to have people that um, that you know that's on it and that's there where you you can go ahead and start and and do your thing without being delayed. So I really really appreciate that. Okay. Also, before I begin, I. Don't mention this every week, and I need to, and I just simply don't. But check out my Facebook. Uh, you can get it from the front page, uh, which is blogtalkradio.com slash the number five underscore smooth underscore stones. Again, 
www.blogtalkradio.com, then slash five underscore smooth underscore stones. When you get there, click on the Facebook page, and you'll be able to see a lot of these photos that I'm talking about. I haven't put everything on there. I keep saying I'm going to. I keep adding here and there, but it's kind of boring to do it, but I will be putting up more and more and more. I don't want to put all my business out on the um, out on the um, on the internet, but you know, I will be putting more pictures up. Okay, so y'all, please, please uh, check out Facebook so you can see. Because what I did on Facebook, I actually put a bunch of pictures out there. And then what I did is I um, made a little subtitle, you know, a little caption describing what, what that picture was all about. So if you do like I'm saying and go to Facebook, you'll get to see more than just the pictures. You can see me going into details what those pictures are for. Right now on the show, I'm just hitting all of these different places, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not lingering. I'm not explaining every single photo. So. Again, please, please click on the Facebook link, go there, and just enjoy not just the picture, but the subtitles as well, all right? Second thing I want to mention to everybody that I, you know, uh, did mention uh, earlier is we do have a website. When I say we, I mean five smooth phones, and uh, we have a website is right on the same page right above the Facebook link and it's called five smooth stones dot webs w e b s dot com that's five smooth stones dot webs dot com now you can go here and get if you want to know more about this five smooth song or these five topics I talk about, you can go to this site, check this out, and hear not only a, uh, an explanation of who or what five smooth songs is, but you can also, just bear with me here, click here and... Again, everybody, you can also see the five smooth stones, the goals of five smooth stones. You can see all five topics talked about. You can see travel pictures. You can see pictures of leprosy, you know, that I talk about so often, what real true Bible leprosy is, which is nothing more than a, a type of albinoism and um, a type of, um, I mean, excuse me, I'm saying this wrong. Uh, that's what happened in Charlie two or three at one time. Leprosy, a type of leprosy is albinoism, and a type of leprosy is vitiligo. This is the origin of what we call today white skin. Originally, there was albinos, and as albinos mix with people, with melanated people, the hair becomes darker, the eyes become darker, the white skin becomes darker. This is where we get, again, this is the, the evolution of so-called white skin. You know, I don't believe in so-called white race or the black race. I believe that we're all the same human species and that um, 
as far as our looks, it had to do with how we made it with each other. Again, there were albinos, blonde hair, blue eyes, or white hair, and, and um, blue eyes, or light blue eyes, or gray eyes. And as we, as these albinos mix with with melanated people, you get the different colors. Everything comes from the darker colors. That's not a racist statement. It's a scientific statement. That black is the dominant gene. We learn that in science, right? Uh, so. Um, Anyway, check that out, folks. Again, www.blogtalkradio, fivesmoothstone.webs.com. And that's fivesmoothstone spelled F-I-V-E and not the number five, okay? All right, so got those two things out of the way. Um, I'm going to post on the uh, description page, the description of the show, I'm going to post two links. The two links is going to be my travels, okay? Again, I'm going to post two links. If you click on these links, they'll take you directly to Facebook, and the other one will take you to the fivesmoothstones.webs.com. All right? So, again, I'm going to put two links. Some of y'all don't know what links are. They, uh, you just simply can click on them or you can highlight them and uh, cut and paste them in the address bar, and, it'll, and you can go directly to those websites I just talked about. Okay, so tonight, what studios are we talking about? Some of y'all want to know ahead of time. You don't like waiting. Well, I'll tell you. Like I said, we're going to finish up, first of all, the ones we started talking about last week, and we didn't get a chance to finish. I think there's two cities, and uh, one of them was uh, Cincinnati, I think was one of them, and the other one was, oh, let me see. Before I get into that, we'll get into that. Let me do this. Let me just uh, take a little small break. I want y'all to hear something. I only play this with my other show, the family show. I don't play this commercial. But I'm going to go ahead and include y'all on this. This is a little song that I play again with my family. But I want y'all to hear this and take note of this uh, information. It's a little bit off the subject, but it's very, very relevant. I'm trying to get everybody out to listen more to people like Hemp USA um, so again, my family knows about this because we do we do this particular commercial all the time on my family blog, but I've never done it on the uh, Five Smooth Stones blog. So check this out. This is some information about iodine and things good for the body. Hemp USA Airport. Check this out. We'll be right back. Iodine protection packs from HempUSA.org are now in stock for immediate delivery worldwide. Our iodine protection packs include micro plant powder, green life kelp, red palm oil, and our clear roll-on iodine that will feed the body the iodine it needs. All iodine protection packs are in stock save you money, and ship for free in all 50 states. Visit HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. 
HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with Microplant powder. Visit us at HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. If you're taking one, two, five, or more nutritional supplements, please stop. Simplify your supplementation with Bio Superfood, the most advanced nutritional whole food supplement you can buy. Men, women, children, even Olympic athletes the world over have discovered Bio Superfood from BioAge.com. And now take just one nutritional supplement instead of many. The Bio Superfood formulas are whole food products composed with four of the most nutrient-dense algae found on Earth. Bio Superfood for the brain helps with focus, memory, clarity, and mood. If you can increase brain health, the rest of the body is a no-brainer. Bio Superfood has zero toxicity, and it's safe for you and your family. Learn more and order your Bio Superfood formulas at BioAge.com, spelled B-I-O-A-G-E.com, BioAge.com, or call 877-288-9116. That's 877-288-9116. BioAge, the age of advanced organics. Okay, I'm back. All right, so... um Again, iodine, uh, hemp USA, check those people out, very good people. I don't recommend a whole lot of those folks on the Internet. Um, uh, just a lot of gimmicks out there, but they're pretty good with regards to your health food needs, your um, health, health supplements, food supplement needs. Okay, so anyway, you're talking Brother Seth again. It's the Five Moves Bones. Tonight we're talking about enlightenment on my travels in the United States and tonight we hopefully will cover cities like Memphis, Tennessee, San Jose, California, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Seattle, Pasadena, Miami, uh, Kansas City, Missouri, Part 2, New Orleans, Louisiana, Columbus, Ohio, Part 2, Baltimore, Maryland, and more. So let's get right into it. Uh, the purpose of this show it's not so much to gloat on the places I've been, which I don't think I've been that many places compared to a whole lot of my friends. Um, not a whole lot of my friends, but some of my friends. Um, I like to travel. But what I like more than traveling is the things I learn and the people I meet and the things I see. The knowledge that you get from traveling is more exciting than the airplanes and the buses and the taxis and the whatever. I love meeting new people. I prayed a prayer a long time ago in 1988 that the Father would bless me to to see something other than the United States version of reality. I don't trust the United States, those people that run the United States. I don't trust uh, these people. I don't trust white people. And I don't trust black people. I don't trust nobody that really. Uh, I just don't trust people born and bred in the United States because a lot of what we're told in the United States is lies, simple and plain. They just lies. And they have groomed us to serve white males. The United States has always been about and for the worship, the worship, and the service to 
white males. It's not no hatred on white males because they definitely deserve God's best like anybody else. But what they don't deserve is what the Most High deserves, what the Most High need and want and require out of us. He should be getting and not nobody else. So this for this reason, I have issues with how we treat the white male in the United States. We're lied to about our history. We're lied to about who we are, who we were, who we're going to be, who we are today, what's going on with us as a people today, what we've done in the past. I mean, we just, just lied to, lied to. We've lied to about who white people are today, what they have done in the past, and what they will be doing in the future. We just are lied to all the way around. I don't trust American history. I don't believe in American history. I don't believe in European history. I think a lot of it is lies, and I I think the scholars of the world have said that many, many times, including the white scholars themselves. So I'm not down with white supremacy, period, end of story. I know it may sound offensive, but I'm just being honest. I found out these things to be not untrue. I'm talking about our teaching, uh, our educational system of the United States. So I asked the most how long time ago in 1988 after hearing a prophecy by Kenneth Copeland at the Southwest Believers Convention in, uh, both in 87 and he did it again in 88 I was fed up of ministers telling black people that you know they got something to tell black people but they can't tell them right now and just playing games with us as a people when we are coming to them to hear from the most high. You know, we have the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that you have the Holy Spirit, and you need not that any man should teach you. I'm talking about Second Timothy. The Bible says you have an unction. The exact scripture it says you have an unction from the Holy Spirit, and you need not that any man should teach you. So when the scripture tells you you have an unction from the Holy Spirit, and you need not that any man should teach you, then it says what it means, it means what it said. So I began to ask this the most high, can I learn, uh, can he reveal to me uh, this, that, and the other? I'm not going to go off into that. That's a, a show I've done so many times. And, um, and by the way, that verse uh, is First uh, John, excuse me, First John 2.27. First John 2.27, and uh, those of y'all that didn't catch it again, it says, But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it has taught you, ye shall abide in him. One more time. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie. And even as it has taught you, Ye shall abide in him. Again, is First John two twenty seven. So I begin to ask the Father, 
can I know these things myself outside of meeting this white male, these white ministers approval? And I apologize for a little noise in the background. I have to dry going. I have to dry some things, and y'all probably is hearing them. I think it just stopped. Good. But anyway, um, I began to just pray and ask the Father about some of these things, and he began to, uh, uh, well, let me slow down. I began to first pray and ask for knowledge and ask to be able to see other countries. That was in 88. And then when I began to travel, uh, and I'm not saying I didn't learn in the United States. Most of the stuff I learned was in the United States. But when I began to travel, I mean, things opened up like y'all would not believe. I mean, those trips to Israel and Ethiopia and India, those trips opened up a whole lot of information, I'm telling y'all, especially Ethiopia. So tonight, um, the purpose of the show, I said all that to say, the purpose of the show is not to just talk about where I've been, but really and truly, the spiritual encounters, spiritual encounters, genuine spiritual experiences, as some people would call it, Rhema. The, the Father makes that word that we call the Bible come alive. And you understand it in a way that people just can't get it unless they it's revealed to them. I began to learn things all over the United States and world, but tonight we're not talking about the world, we're talking about the United States. So, like I said earlier, we will talk about places like, you wasn't listening earlier, Memphis, San Jose, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Seattle, Pasadena, Miami, Kansas City, um, New Orleans, Columbus, Baltimore, and more. Now, so when I share these things, just thank the Father with me for giving this information to me. Thank the Father that he has loved me and enough, enough to bless me with this information. That's all I'm looking for you to do for me tonight and learn from these experiences. Go research these experiences and get deeper into them and find more information because Brother Seth didn't get all of the pie. I only got a piece. And that's the only thing the most I can trust me with is the piece. If he gave any of us more than a piece of the pie, we will become gods, like some of us already have done with just a little tiny piece. So I share these things with y'all tonight, again, not to gloat in myself, not to make y'all feel like, you know, look what I did. But I'm just simply sharing something that I was, after praying in 88, the most I answered my prayer and was and allowed me to see the world and see the United States and, it, and be blessed by some of the brightest people, at least on that topic that I needed. They weren't perfect, but I was able to see uh, and meet some very exciting people. So, again, y'all excuse the noise in the background. A few things I've got to do and I'm trying to do three things here one time. But let's first finish up with Columbus. That was important. Columbus, Columbus is very important to me. Columbus uh, is actually, when I left, in 1991, in 1991, I actually left uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area and moved out to Columbus because I had met Arlene. Uh, and 
while I was uh, uh, in Columbus, I ran across some people, uh, books or a very popular bookstore. There are some of y'all in the Columbus store. I'm talking about Livingston Avenue. Shout out to those uh, in Columbus on Livingston Avenue where they used to have. They probably still do have that black bookstore. But that black bookstore used to employ a gentleman by the name of Nomo X. Nomo X. How about that for a name? You know, and, and the Muslims would say so-and-so X, Malcolm X, you know, this person X, that person X. Well, this brother named himself No More X. That means I no longer will put an X to my name indicating that I don't know who I am. I know who I am, so I'm no more an X. And that's what he called himself. And some of y'all know this brother, and you know what this brother can do, this brother uh, knowledge. You know, he worked at the bookstore, and he greeted you, and he came with the thunder. This brother here was very knowledgeable about what our people have been through. He was very knowledgeable about, uh, about just about black history. We just shorten it like that. So one day me and Arlene, my uh, newly wife, was just, we began to study the Bible, of course, get deeper. 1991 is when I found out we were Israelites. And uh, we just began to start really questioning a lot of things we had been taught. And that led us to this bookstore. And there was this gentleman by the name of No More X right there in Columbus, Ohio, on Livingston Avenue. And he began to start really, uh, we had this one conversation. I'm going to talk a little fast because i got a lot of ground to cover, and I've got to get all these cities in. Um, again, there's more cities in our name. So, I mean, there's also travels to Gary, Indiana, Indianapolis, and, uh, parts of Kentucky, and there's a whole lot more that I need to name. So we'll try to get all this, get as much in as we can. All right. So uh, there we were with no more X. And uh, he began to start talk about King James. Y'all know who King James is, this guy that wrote, that didn't write the Bible, but he presented a version of the Bible, the King James Version of the Bible, the King James Version Bible. To make the long story short, we started to defend King James because this brother was coming at King James in a way we never heard. Somebody was a homosexual and this and that and the other. And uh, we was offended, as you probably would think, you know, being Believers and hearing this man rip up our faith, we were offended. So we began to defend our faith best we could, so trying to defend King James. And I remember this brother just like yesterday saying to me, why are y'all defending this homosexual? It is notorious that this man was with little boys, and not just him, but lots of kings back in the time. But he was notorious, and they began to just rip King James every which way. He began to rip King James every which way possible. And I've heard some of these things before, but you just kind of, you know, put them out of your mind. So there we were, um, uh, trying to defend King James. Now watch what happened. Next thing I know, we, Arlene and I, had nothing to do, nowhere to run. Nowhere to run. We just felt like this guy is really getting us. And 
that's a pretty bad situation to be when you can't defend your own face. But that's exactly where we were. We just was not able to come back with answers that sound even intelligent uh, against this brother. So I remember just after he got done talking about all the king, and he was naming dates and times and sources, and I mean he was he knew his stuff. We didn't. We wasn't aware. We was um, uncertain ground. Make the long story short, I, I begin to say this to him. I said, well, listen, no more X. I had nothing else to say to this brother but this one comment. I said, well, Christ said, I said, maybe the Bible has been tampered with. Maybe King James was all these things you said. I don't know. I wasn't there. But I said, Christ did tell us that the Holy Spirit will lead and guide us into all truth. So even if the Bible has been tampered with, books missing, duplicate chapters, whatever you want to say, no more X. If the Father wanted to, he can rewrite this whole book because he's got vessels to do that in. It's the Holy Spirit that moved on people to write. And I never will forget this gentleman's response. He said to me, Now... You're talking. Now you're talking. And there was a look. It wasn't so much that's what he said as how he said it. He had nowhere else to go. And I said all that to say, you know, because tonight we're talking about enlightenment. Enlightenment on my travels in the United States. And that was the moment right there on Livingston Avenue at that bookstore in the Bexley area, right right outside Bexley, where I and my wife was enlightened. And we have since then begun to understand that, yes, the Bible has been tampered with. Shouldn't rock your faith. Shouldn't cause you to give up on the Most High. Yes, 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 your Bible has been tampered with. Yes, there are books missing. Yes, there are duplicate chapters. That means you can turn to one chapter and start reading. I can be in a complete different book of the Bible, and my Bible will read exactly what you're reading. There's probably about three or four duplicate chapters in the Bible. Email me if you want me to get that for you. I can get it. It's not a problem. So in there, the strange thing about the duplicate chapters is, I don't know, this should be encouraging to some. Some may found it not so discouraging. But the thing about it is the two chapters pretty much lined up. So it could be the most high way of saying that my word is true. See, here's somebody actually duplicated and it's still right. Or, because in one of the duplications, I know for a fact there are numbers, like in, I'm just making up something, say something like, and Joshua had 3,000 chariots. And this other chapter says, and Joshua had 5,000 chariots. So there is a discrepancy. That's true. I wouldn't, I'm telling you, I wouldn't say that unless it was true. I'm not trying to, I just keep it real. But having said all of that, that book has enough truth in it to set it to, 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 to deliver 
or to set free or to give peace and joy to anybody that would apply the principles. Those principles are going to be alive. They're alive and well. There is a God. There was a Christ. And uh, hopefully you already know that and is applying those scriptures to your life. So no more X. Very enlightening moment. We had lots of enlightening moments in Columbus, Ohio. I take you to another uh, setup. I mean, uh, in another area, another scene. This would be with, uh, not so much a scene, but there's also was a church there named ASAC. ASAC, African American spiritual. No. Yes, African American Spiritual Awareness Crusade. Now, I know that's a weird name for a church, but that was a church, and it was a very good church. Um, had all of the, you know, we had the scriptures. I went there for a while. We had scriptures. We read the Bible. Nothing strange, just like any other chap, any other church, except there was strong emphasis on blacks in the Bible and, and, and African American accomplishments, and all of that was. Presented with much love and respect for all people, but in light of the Bible. So here was a church that was talking about the ethnic ethnicity of the people of the book, uh, talking about uh, who the real Jews were, why it mattered, why it had everything to do with our life today. And uh, this church again was called African American, where uh, African American ASAC is what it was called. And so uh, y'all got to go. It's been a while. This church has been gone for a while, and they probably have changed that. It may be still around now, I think, but, but I haven't. Uh, Pastor Weston, I know he passed on, and I don't even know if he's still around, but African-American Spiritual Awareness Crusade is what ASAC stood for. I do remember that part. But this church, a lot of people came through there and was blessed. As a matter of fact, ben himself from Demona, Israel, came through there and actually ministered there in um, Columbus, Ohio. So shout out again to those in Columbus, Ohio that visited or that was a part of the ASAC movement and whatever movement that that was birthed from ASAC and that's going on in Columbus, y'all holler, holler at me, let me know what's going on. I would love to know. I hadn't been there in a while. I ministered there many, many times, and uh, I wouldn't say many times. But yes, yeah, it was a, it was quite a few times. So and uh, Pastor Weston, a good friend of mine, and uh, we just used to stay up all night just talking about things, and, and I just really miss him. Uh, but anyway, again, African American Spiritual Awareness Crusade. Here was a place where uh, that was on the cutting edge of teaching. I mean, Ohio had nothing like ASAC, and uh, it was just a young man, you know. Uh, that said, hey, I want the truth for my people. I don't care how controversial it may be. I want it. If it's in that word, if it's in the Bible, if Christ taught it, if Christ was about it, that's what I'm about. And he began to just teach. And a lot of people said, oh, you know, why does it matter what color Christ was? And we let them know that it doesn't matter. It matters to somebody, though, that they would go all around the world putting up these white images, and we got to get to the bottom of why they have made it possible. Why, why some, excuse me, everybody, sorry about this. We was trying to let people understand why other people was making it a part of their doctrine, why they 
have to have these images when these missionaries go into Africa and what was their true agenda. So ASAC, as one of those churches, with the investigative lens, looking at, into white supremacy practice by churches, by uh, missionaries, what were they really taking to Africa? Why does China not want the gospel? We begin to look at all kinds of things, and we talked about things that was uncomfortable, like leprosy. I talked so many times about leprosy, you know, and, and uh, people kind of looked shocked, but they was like, they will come at they'll come after you because they get they open up that Bible and they'll come after you if it didn't if it didn't make spiritual sense. So, ASAC was one of those places that encouraged me, got behind me, challenged me. Um, so much together. Strong people there. Most high. Columbus, 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 Columbus. So many things happened with that church, ASAC, and uh, just the uh, um, different things they taught. They was into diet. They was into, uh, again, uh, we're talking about my enlightenment, moments of enlightenment on my travels in the United States. In Columbus, Ohio, is one of those places that have birthed me. Uh, you know, I had places in Fort Worth that was nice to me, kind to me, like Holy Tabernacle Church of God in Christ, Bishop, I mean, Bishop uh, R.L. Sample, who was the first person that really believed in what Brother Seth had to say. And this is where I was mightily used by the Most High. Lots of people healed. I prayed for lots of people that was healed. Matter of fact, it happened so much at Holy Tabernacle. And this was back when, again, Tamla Man went there. Some of y'all know her from Tyler Perry movies. Uh, and uh, we began to. They begin. People, some people got healed. Them uh, samples of wow, this guy really is something. So uh, he placed me over the average there for a second. I know some of y'all may have find it hard to believe, but hey, I don't know what to tell you. You can always call him and ask him. But uh, it's been a while since I seen him. I did see him in Columbus, uh, Cincinnati. He came to Cincinnati. Uh, he, meaning uh, Bishop R.L. Sample came to Cincinnati for a Church of God in Christ meeting and I talked to him. So he definitely stayed in with Brother Seth. It was really right along. Columbus, Columbus, Columbus. I can never say enough about a Columbus. If I think of something, I'm going to jump right back to it. But I want to move on to now another city, and that was Miami. Miami, Miami. I talked about Miami a little bit, but I want to finish up Miami. Miami was uh, a place where... Uh, Several things happened. Several things happened. I remember in Miami uh, spending time with Isaiah Thomas on that, uh, Isaiah Thomas, Gary Ellison, and I forget who all, that's some brothers that love the most high. And we walked at Miami Beach, uh, 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 beachfront. Uh, I can still see the skaters and all the lights there. But uh, Miami was a place where I... The thing that stick out to me, my most enlightened moment was actually came at uh, with my experience with Louis Farrakhan. Now, I've, I've already loved Louis Farrakhan. I've already loved him. I already believe and still believe that he is the biggest voice, strongest voice that we have, the clearest voice as to what our people is going through. Louis Farrakhan is going to tell you exactly the state of our people. He's not going to pull no punches. And white people, I have found out, love him. Jewish, so-called Jewish, they're not the real Jews, but those that are Jews that I call by religion that lives in Israel, love him. Believe that. Do not buy the hype. 
everybody try to bring up whenever you say the word Farrakhan, he's anti-Semitic and all this stuff. This man, have, if you go to see him in person, will have Jews there. There might be a whole lot of them, but the dead be there. Whites will be there for sure, and black people will mostly be there. But I wanted to see him in Miami. I never will forget it. Thanks to Brother Gary for organizing all this. He was saying, hey, let's go see it. So he was down there, and Gary showed me around Liberty City, and we went all over uh, Miami. But uh, when we got to that, that, Col- that uh, Coliseum, that uh, convention center, that beautiful convention center that Miami have, hopefully they got it. And I walked in there. It was, I got my mind blew. I mean, as much as I like Farrakhan, because I saw that at convention center, this is when he was going on his tour, everybody, and he was packing out convention centers. Everywhere he went, he packed it out. I mean, it almost sold out. And this was a event that was free. And he would sell it out. I mean, I mean, not sell out, but just capacity full. And so went to here in Miami, you know, and uh, but I wasn't a, I was not prepared for what I was about to see again. Another moment of enlightenment. Here's when I found out how powerful this brother, how powerful his message, I should say, was to our people. <laughs> Uh, we got there a little bit early, about 30 minutes early, and uh, I began to see people cry out, just like they did the Billion Man's March. You remember after so long, they had all them speakers, and everybody began to start chanting, Farrakhan, Farrakhan. Y'all remember the Million Man's March? That's the way this was. There began to be people crying out, Farrakhan, and they, I mean, it was so emotional. And I kept thinking, wow, wow, they just, are they worshiping this man? But when he got up and began to speak, I saw what was happening. You see, there's not too many people that can articulate black man's pain. Now, our women, outside of the black man, now our women can go pretty close. They can talk about it because they live with us. But they can go so far and they get tired of hearing it. They don't want to talk about it too much. I, women, they can only go so far. Then it gets, they just can only go so far. Nobody can articulate the pain of our people, like on the planet I'm talking about, outside more so to me, to me, than the one and only Louis Farrakhan. So this is one of those days this brother articulated very well. The press was there in big numbers off to his uh Right as he was ministering, and uh, here we got this another jam-packed, um, capacity uh, filled capacity crowd. Whites are there, blacks are there, Hispanics are there, Jews are there, but mostly black people. And they do they search? You know, they always search when you go see him because they don't want nobody in there trying to assassinate him. So they went to this heavy search. I didn't mind them searching me. Women get searched, men get searched, everybody gets searched. And this man was in there, and he began. To, I just began to start seeing uh, brothers just get emotional over it, and I never will forget that. And then he began to start sharing with the, uh, the people about the pain of, of African Americans, and I began to see just the just the audience, the body language, the words, the expressions. And again, this is enlightenment because up until then, 
even though I liked Louis Farrakhan, I was 100% for him because I just been listening to the media, and they had me and everybody else thinking this man was a hater and all this stuff. But this was his moment for me. This is when I think Farrakhan really won my heart, whatever or whatever little bit he didn't have, is his speech in Miami. I forget the year. But this was a serious time of enlightenment. And I'm going to say this to all y'all out there that listen to Farrakhan or that don't like him. You know, you got to learn to do what you do with white people. You listen to all these racist people on TV every day. Sit down there with your remote and your, your beer or some of y'all don't drink. You got your juice and you got your little remote there and you're, you're comfortable with your feet propped up on the, And you listen to folks that that hate your guts, that hate your people every single day, that always trying to find anything for President Barack Obama does. They're always trying to find something wrong with any black people in power. And yet, we listen to these people, these quacks, every day, every day, all day. Have no problems with it. I shouldn't say quacks. But these quacky people, we listen to them all day long. Now, here's a man, even if he did say some things about the so-called Jews that he shouldn't have said, he won't be the first person who ever spoke out against some people. And y'all go see some of these races. You pay money to see some of these racist actors run up and down the screen that don't care a flip about you. You need to do what I did when I when I first tried to come against Farrakhan. My friend told me, she said, why don't you like Farrakhan? I said, well, I don't like anybody. Don't have enough, I'm not going to listen to anybody give me advice if they don't have enough sense to accept the At the time, I said, Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it. And she said, you know, she listened. And then she said, you know what, Seth? She said, I have a degree, and it's by educated. Uh, she says, I'm educated, so much so I have a degree, and uh, I make a very good living. And she really did. I make a good living. Uh, I have my own house. Cars paid off. Uh, her car was paid off. I think it was BMW at the time. A later model B. I mean, she just had. All the little toys that some of y'all think is so impressive. So and she was saying that all this stuff I got by listening to people who I know for a fact some of them could care less if I live or die. And they definitely care about my people, my black people. But she went there and listened to these racist teachers, some of them, some of them, not all of them. I'm not saying that all of them, please. But she listened to a lot of these people that was biased against Africa, biased against black people. Even if they weren't racist, they were biased. And so she was saying, I've been educated by all these people, and now because I'm educated, I have all this stuff that you see because we were always her place at the time. And she said, you're telling me not to listen to a man, speaking of Farrakhan, who have to have bodyguards around him 24-7, who have been fighting for our people since we can, as far back as we can go in Farrakhan. And you telling me I can't listen to him, and that really hit me just the right way. And I'm not saying this; I'm not putting it out there like she did. But she was saying to me, "How dare you tell me not to trust somebody that loves me, that's fighting for me, and that's been there for me, and been there for our people, even when I wasn't thinking about our people. He was there fighting for us and speaking out for us and trying to get things for us. And I'm not supposed to." Believe in him, that really messed with my head. 
And that's when I started to listen to him. So I've always liked, not always, I, I began to start liking him at that point. So I listened to him at that point. And, uh, but Miami changed me. So that's what happened in Miami, Florida. Uh, there were some other things I saw in Miami. It's just I'm trying to stick with the things most important. I went, had a chance to visit Liberty City and see the pain of our people, the poverty there, and I saw some other things. If something else pops in my head, I'll bring it back up. Because sometimes they just don't come up when I'm doing these shows, and then later on I say, oh, I can't believe I didn't say this about Miami. But uh, that's all I can think of and, uh, about Miami as far as enlightenment. I want to move, uh, switch to the East Coast right quick, uh, West Coast, excuse me, and to a place called Pasadena, California, Pasadena, where they had the, um, where Michael Jackson, uh, where they had a Super Bowl. I was able to attend there with Michael Jackson, uh, but I ain't talking about the Super Bowl tonight. Uh, and they had the, uh, my phone just beat. Let me make sure I'm not out of juice here. There we go. Uh, there was uh, some people I visited. I got this uh, paper one time. Somebody handed it to me, and it was called, Did You Know, something to the effect of, Did You Know that Black People or African Americans were the original Israelites? It was a flyer somebody handed me, and I don't, I don't know how I got this flyer, but I remember reading it. I was very impressed with the way it was put together. Watch this, folks. Check this out. So I called the phone number of this person, and this person lives in this group, this organization, was from Pasadena, California. Now, I had heard about the Israelite thing and just I'm trying to figure uh, had I accepted it at that time. I don't think I had accepted it at that time. Again, this is one of those enlightening moments. Uh, this is probably one of the, uh, right after uh, I first heard this and got curious, started kind of paying his attention, I ran across this uh, piece of information. So I ended up flying to Pasadena, California, to meet with this Hebrew Israelite organization. Don't ask me the name. I don't remember. It's been too long ago. I'm sure if I find them through all these boxes and pictures and photos I have, I can find it, but right now I know that the leader name was Moses. That literally was his name. Uh, his real name was Moses. I just forget his last name. And I think he was from the Caribbean. Some of y'all who may know him, just uh, simply send me a little message and uh, email me or something. Let me remind me because I don't can't think of it right now. But anyway, Brother Moses was from uh, um, Haiti, I believe it was. No, he wasn't from Haiti. No, he wasn't. He was from Jamaica, but he had a, a love for the uh, the president of Haiti, and he felt like the Most High wanted to do something with him, and uh, he and he ended up uh, meeting the president of Haiti. It's a long story about what Moses actually did. This gentleman called Moses, but anyway, watch this. This is a very interesting story. So I ended up going up to Pasadena, California, and met this little group. And this is the first time I saw what they call community living. Y'all ever heard that community living? That's when everybody share everything. Um, you share everything uh, as far as uh, cars, all material things. Of course, you don't share your wife, nothing, nothing crazy like that. But you share everything else, uh, cars, living space, you know, couples, 
Um, you have your privacy, but uh, it was very interesting. Okay, this is the first time again I witnessed the whole community living. So I began to ask questions, and uh, uh, these people were bent on believing that the African Americans was a lost tribe of Israel, and that they were just returning to the way that we are to live as people, which Israel has this community lifestyle. And I began to question that and ask them about the whole couple thing. And, you know, they didn't believe in multiple wives and nothing like that, but they definitely believed in keeping the feast days and they kept the Shabbat, the Shabbat or the Sabbath. And uh, one thing that attracted me to them was the whole leprosy thing, the leprosy thing. Because I told you I was flirting with this idea of us being Israelite. I had been hearing it, hearing it, and I was trying to embrace it in my spirit. I think I was, but I wasn't quite 100% yet. You know, I just didn't know how do you get out in 2012. Okay, what if we are the real Jews? What if we are one of the lost tribes? Yes, I know we meet the qualifications or the prophecies that Moses said in Deuteronomy 28, verse 46, you know, he said that these things are going to be upon Israel, these blessings or these curses. It's going to be upon Israel forever, according to Deuteronomy 28, again, verse 46. And so I knew that African Americans lived out these prophetic prophecies, these prophecies more than any other people. I knew that. I knew that, but I just didn't know what, but what do you do about the feast days and we live in America, and how are we supposed to keep the Sabbath, and we got to work, and how do y'all do this? And they were the first model that I saw prior to me even going to Demona, Israel, uh, those many times I went. Pastor Dean in California, Moses and his group up there, I forget his last name, it'll probably come in before I, if I say his name enough, I'm sure to come. But uh, that brother and that group of people, and he had a nice little group. They had about five five duplexes or houses or just they had they had the resources to live comfortably. And I mean wasn't no poverty among them. They worked, but when they got home they put their car keys up on a particular hook or whatever they put their keys and anybody that needed that car could take it. Any family could come and take that car. And you basically checked out the car. You know, you wrote your name down or wherever you were going. Or, or maybe, I'm trying to think if they even had you have to write it down, but they had a system where there was never any lack, just like they did in the book of Acts where it says no man counted their material possessions of their own, but every man came and laid their possessions at the apostles' feet. Y'all know what I'm talking about in the book of Acts. So this is what happened. These people began to start sharing so, again, we're talking about enlightenment on my travels in the United States. Well, this was a big one right there in Pasadena, California. The first Hebrew Israelites, again, prior to me going to send the big, gigantic, what is it, 4,000 Israelites in Israel. This was before that. And it, I was impressed. I really was. didn't think people can do that. didn't think people uh, were unselfish enough to do something like that, but I actually saw uh, Pasadena, uh, and and I'm sorry I don't have that name of the gentleman. Uh, and last I heard, they moved as a group to Miami. Uh, so some of y'all may know what I'm talking about. If you do, just simply say, "Hey, brother, that you talking about blah blah blah." But I do know one thing in um, 
that I will share with you. This may help some of y'all who do know, who may know who I'm talking about. This brother that they called Moses was a bad boy academically. This was a, a one of the smartest. They recruited him from wherever he was from. I remember this brother getting high marks with whatever the highest grade as I don't know four point used to be it, but I remember all throughout his college years he was always the brightest and there but his mom and dad were so upset with him because he didn't aspire to be things like a doctor, a lawyer. They were so upset that Moses was constantly concerned about being a type of Moses for this group. He was determined to move these people to Israel. That was his goal. That was their goal and they was just preparing by practicing this community living to get the people ready to move to Israel. You know, the Bible says that the Israelites will return, and they have been returning, uh, but not like we think, because Israel's uh, policy, this so-called Aliyah or the Aliyah law of return that Israel has for the for, for the Jews to return, that mess is so racist and funny. They shouldn't call it that. I'm so disappointed that, you know, you go there, it is so so whitewashed, everything. You go to that in dawn there, you're in Africa, and, and you go up in Jerusalem, there ain't no black images in the Holy Shrine except, except, I'm talking about the domestic travel. I'm going to get on Israel because we talked about that to death the other night, but i got to say this because I brought it up. But if you happen to go to Israel, and you know somebody go to Israel, be sure and tell them when they're looking at the memorial for the to the Mother Mary, and it's only one way you can walk into that memorial. So it, it, you can't miss it. It's the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, and the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, the main place everybody goes when they go to Israel. You don't go there, you didn't even go to Israel. This is where it's all that everybody goes to that one place. It's the most most visited place on the planet. It's the most populated place, more popular than Disney, or was. But when you go there, if before you walk into that memorial, or as you're standing, just as though you was walking in, look off to your right in the corner. It's going to be a dark area that nobody ever think about. You're going to see five paintings, five Paintings. Go over and look at those paintings. Don't be in the dark. So you don't feel like we well, need to be over there because it's in the dark. But those are very, with a capital V, very dark images of Moses, patriarchs, Moses. I don't know who all it is. I uh, because I know one of them was Moses because he had the tablets in his hand. But I think of Christ. And you got to ask yourself, why did the Israelis have these black images off over here to the right? When you get the answer to that, let me know. But they're there. And our tour guide who takes us all around, uh, when I go to Israel, we go down and see the brothers of Simona, they take us all around the land. We don't just go to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is where the cameras is at, and that's where the deception is at. They want to make sure you think everything is lily white. you got to get away from them people, them money, them, 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 them robbers, and go see the real Israel. Go to the real Bethlehem. I mean, you go to Bethlehem, you're going to see the, the, the black images. But you'll see that that land is very dark-skinned people, very dark-skinned people. I'm not talking about no light-skinned people. There's a lot of dark-skinned people in that region because you are technically in Africa. If you respect what they did in separating those lands by the Suez Canal, then that's on you. But for real, for real, 
the most high don't acknowledge us to us because now those, that land is locked. That land is locked. You should be able to walk over from Africa into Israel. That's the way our forefathers had it. But anyway, Moses, my brother from Pasadena, California, had plans to move these people to Israel as far as I know they could be in Israel. So that was an enlightening point that I experienced. And I'll tell you something funny that happened. Most of them believe like I believe. When I say Moses, I'm talking about the brother in Pasadena that had the group that practiced community living. And, uh, again, it was a holistic thing. I mean, they was the real deal. They ate well. They exercised. I mean, they, they lived their the, the scriptures. And they even had uh, a brother that, I don't know what his ethnic group was. He looks white to be white. And uh, he said something to me that I'll never forget. We was talking about leprosy because these people, Moses and his people, they knew about leprosy. And that was something that, that blew me away because, you know, I was so impressed by that. But Moses believed, uh, excuse me, this white gentleman that supported the group, believed that he was a leper. I know, I know some of y'all was going, what? Keep in mind, at, at this show, at Five Smooth Stones, the show you're listening to, we believe that leprosy, a type of leprosy, I said a one type of leprosy, is nothing more than just white skin. As a matter of fact, leprosy, when you say the word leprosy, if you would replace the word leprosy with the word white, the Bible, especially the book of Leviticus 13, would make a whole lot more sense. Let me, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. And Moses, the Bible says, and Moses' hand became leprous as snow. And Moses' hand became leprous as snow. Moses was smitten with leprosy. And whatever leprosy is, Moses got it. But listen how the Bible describes it. And Moses' hand was leprous as, whatever comes after the word as, it's going to tell you how it looks. Leprous as snow. Snow is only known for two things, to be white and to be ice. Moses' hand became leprous as snow. His, his hand just simply was white. Some of you say, oh, you're twisting those verses, and you twisting that verse. Did you know Miriam was smitten with leprosy? And the Bible said to use the exact verbiage. And Miriam, after she spoke out against Moses, Mary, the Ethiopian woman, Miriam, Moses' sister, spoke out against Moses switching tribes. This is not a white man marrying a black woman like a lot of teachers teach. This is just a black man tribe marrying another black tribe, just like in Africa today, as beef when one tribe marry another tribe. They don't want tribes to mix, certain tribes to mix in Africa. That's all this was. Moses is part of the Hebrew Israelites. They are dark-skinned people. He marries Ethiopians. The Ethiopians don't have a relationship with the Most High at the time. They definitely do now. They didn't at the time. And Miriam felt like, why are you marrying these ungodly people? Not knowing who who Moses' wife would be, she just judged the woman. And the Most High smit, smit, uh, smote, I should say, smote Miriam with this thing called leprosy. And the Bible describes it as such. And Miriam, and Miriam, and Miriam became leprous as snow. 
There it is again, the same verbiage. So you think the most I don't know how to use another word? Excuse me, y'all. I'm making a little noise there. But white skin in biblical days was looked at as though it was a curse. It ain't me saying it. I can prove it, folks. Watch this real quick before you run, run away from the site and think Brother Tesla lost his mind. This is going to prove it real quick. And i got to move on because we're talking about my travels. I'm talking about Pasadena. This white guy is getting ready. He tells me he's a leper, and it's going to make sense to you when, I, when I'm done saying this. It's going to make sense what he says in a second. Listen to this scripture. The Bible says in Leviticus 13 and 13, when you begin to start turning white, that once you, bec- once you turn all white, this was vitiligo. So we call it today. Today we call it vitiligo. But the Bible's talking about when you, when you turn white, when you turn white, you begin to start turning white. And when you totally turn all white, now remember, we're talking about leprosy. The Bible says when you're covered with this leprosy, when you cover with white, excuse me, let me say it the way it says it. When you cover with white skin from head to toe, when you cover with this, then you are clean. Now, if leprosy was sores and pus and, and, and uh, scab and all of this, why would the Most High say when you cover from head to toe with this whiteness, then you are clean? If it's, if it's what y'all think it is, some of y'all think it is, why would he say when you're covered from head to toe, you're better off? If it's sores, you're better off with one sore, not sores all over your body. This person is just simply white. The Bible talks about in Leviticus 13 13, when this thing spread all over their body, and they're completely white all over. They are considered clean. The word clean in the Old Testament just means acceptable. So when they're covered with this thing that the Bible's calling leprosy, they are clean. They're still a leper, but they're a clean leper. A clean leper was just a white-skinned person or a dark-skinned person with a spot on their hand that passed the examination of the priest. They were supposed to look at that spot and certain things were supposed to happen to that spot. They could have been dark skin or light skin. Dark skin meaning they could have had a spot that was white, or they could be completely white from the top of their head to the sole of their feet, and they would be considered clean. There is also unclean, which means you're either all white or you might be a dark skinned person with a spot that is unaccepted. And the, the Levites was to look at that spot on this dark skinned person and tell you whether or not that spot was unclean, which means unaccepted, or clean, which means accepted. So there was two types of lepers in the Bible's days, those that was unclean, unaccepted, and those that was clean, accepted. Some of them was dark-skinned. Some of them was white. I can prove this so many ways, and y'all know what I'm talking about this today. I can't take another second talking about it. If you don't believe me or if you're having trouble with it, look at my show where we talk about leprosy. We go through the Bible and we go through other parts of the Bible and we prove this thing without no, without easily. So, again, y'all check it out. So Pasadena was an enlightened moment in my life, Pasadena, Pasadena. So tonight, 
again, for those just tuning in, I'm talking about my enlightenment things that I learned with regards to the five topics we talk about, leprosy, white supremacy, one world government, okay? Let me say it again. Leprosy, white supremacy, one world government, the whole revelation about who the true Jews is, and the last but not least, the topic we talk about, this kingdom, the kingdom that is coming, that's already here. So we're talking about places that I've traveled that help birth these subjects in my heart, in my spirit, to where I talk about them so much. Places I've been that have added to me, places I've been that added to these these subjects that gave me credence, that supported me, that 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 informed me. Different people, places, and things that have created this thing we call five smooth stones. And I just talked about Pasadena. Uh, I went there, and oh, I forgot to, to finish the story. But anyway, this brother, this white gentleman, he was a part of the community, just to let you know these people weren't preaching no hate. He just happened to endorse the fact that, yeah, African Americans are Israelites, and I'm not going to miss the boat. I want I want my blessing, too, so I'm with y'all. This white guy, was he was a real deal. He was there. I mean, he supported them. See, that's what I mean. It's, it's a lot of our white brothers and sisters out here. They could give a flip about what color Israel was. They just want to support the true Israelites, and they want to be a part of whatever the Most High is doing, either with the Israelites or without the Israelites. They just want to be in, in, in the Most High's will. And that's how they think. Some other people, some of our white brothers and sisters, and some of our so-called black brothers and sisters, because, again, I don't believe in the concept of white and black. I just said so y'all know who I'm talking about. I think we're just one people. only thing that separates us with the different degrees of melanin. I have to say black and white for some of y'all, that's all y'all understand. But anyway, this so-called white brother was uh, with this community in Pasadena, and he said to me, was talking about leprosy. He said this to me. First time I ever heard a white person say this. He said, I'm a leper, but I'm a cleanse one. And my friend and I, we looked at each other like, what? And I, his name was, no, was it Noel? Noel. We said, no, Noel, if that was his name, it started with the N. We said, uh, say it again. We said, we, I said, I just don't hear why you say that often. Say that again. We know you're telling the truth, but we just don't hear people acknowledge it. Say that again. He said, again, I know I'm a leper, but I'm a cleanse one. And that's the kind of truth that this group walked in. See, in biblical days, he was just saying that he really don't have to say that now because Christ has come and died and rose. None of that stuff matters as far as, Who's accepted with the Most High now? Now the Most High will use anybody that call on him, seek his face, anybody. It's whosoever will let them come now. But in Bible days, according to the Levites and the laws that they were given, I'm telling y'all, white skin in the Bible days was looked at as though it was it wasn't as though it was a plague. To not have pigmentation was no joke. You didn't want to be in the Bible. Those people, that book is full of dark-skinned people, or let's say it more professionally, let's say it more scripturally. The Bible is full of dust-colored people. The Bible is full of dust-colored people. That's what it says. God made men out of the dust of the earth. 
And two, so someone told me, well, yeah, but that dust out there, that's not the color Adam was. How do you know that? Well, it's very simple, very simple. The Bible says, Adam, since you have sinned, dust thou art, you are dust, and dust shall you return. Well, we, we couldn't see how Adam looked. So when he said, dust thou art, we couldn't see, yes, Father, we see that. We, we wasn't there. We, we couldn't see. So we don't know how Adam looked. True. True. But listen what he said after that. And thus shall you return. Now that we can see. We see what happened when we return back to, to the earth. We see. Everybody, but everybody returned back dust colored. As a matter of fact, no matter how white you are, if we don't bury you very quickly, the whiter you are, the faster we have to have your funeral because your body begins to get darker. Not so with dust-colored people. You can wait a little longer. It's not a racist message. I don't know why people even think that. And the only reason why we think that is because we live in America, and we've been brainwashed at everything, but everything initiated with Caucasians. And so when somebody come along with truth, it just sounds crazy because we've been told other things too often. Well, you met your match tonight if that's you because I don't preach hate. I ain't about to preach hate. And if anybody that preach hate can't hang with me, the Bible says whatsoever is not done out of love is a sin. If you're not in love, it's a sin. Sometimes the truth, though, just the bare naked truth, is offensive. But it's only offensive because we built up on a false foundation. Moving right along, that was Pasadena. That was Pasadena. I want to welcome everybody in the, in the chat room. I didn't have a chance to say anything yet to you. Those in the chat room, welcome all the different guests there. And Miss Mary Lou Who, don't know you, but welcome to Five Smooth Stones. And those of you on the, on the phone lines, uh, again, welcome, welcome, welcome. If y'all have any questions on the phone line, press 1. If you have any phone, uh, message, any uh, comments in the chat room, yay or nay, questions, comments, pro or for, for or against, let me know. All right, moving right along. We talked about uh, uh, Columbus, Pasadena, and Miami. Well, now let's talk about Atlanta. Atlanta, Georgia, we talked about already last last show, but I didn't get a chance to get off into it. I wanted to add to what I've already said about Atlanta. I talked about the um, Million Man, the challenge, the uh, counter-march, the counter-march by T.D. Jakes of the of, of Farrakhan. Uh, Jakes said, we shouldn't support Farrakhan. I'm going to call my own march. So uh, this was very an enlightening moment for me as to what happened with this march. I went there because I'm listening to my friends, Brother Seth, why are you going to support Farrakhan? You're a Christian, you're a believer. You have no business out there with this man believing in this God, this deity God called Allah, which I found out later, Allah. It's just simply Arabic for God. Y'all, please, Christians, believers, quit saying that Allah is some wooden God. I had a Muslim brother to tell me one time, he said, Brother, I don't know what you talk about when you say Allah is a God of stone. I don't know. He says, because I told him my stepfather, you know, who is a well-respected uh, minister, and uh, he said to me how Allah is not a true God. He's not the God of the Old Testament. And this brother, this Muslim brother said to me, he said, Brother, I don't know who you talk about, he said, 
I'm telling you, if there was a God and it was a wooden, what your stepfather say? I don't worship it. I don't worship it. I don't worship him. I worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that's my message to y'all believers. Please quit saying that the Muslims is worshiping, worshiping a different God. Abraham, the one Abraham, was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, folks. They worship the same Elohim that we're talking about, okay? Everybody shouldn't say Elohim because that's me, plural gods, and that's going to get some of y'all. I'll take the word back, Elohim, but they worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Okay, simple and plain. Simple, simple, and plain. And we need to quit quit dogging them and throwing them under the bus saying they don't worship. Maybe they talk about Abraham. There's all kind of wars over Abraham. I don't know where we get this business from. Sometimes I think a lot of these, again, white ministers, no, you know, no offense to white people, but it's a hatred they have towards. you got to understand, if it wasn't for Islam, and I'm not a Muslim, but Islam keeps our history intact. It keeps history black. In other words, Islam, even though I disagree with some things that I think it's trying to, what some people say is say, I don't know, it didn't mean Prophet Muhammad myself, but Islam preserves a lot of so-called African history. If you subtract Islam from Africa, we won't know a whole lot about ourselves. So while I disagree with maybe some of the teachings, tentacles, uh, whatever, I can't even say I disagree with the tentacles. I think I disagree with a lot of the so-called representatives of Islam. But anyway, it is the God of the Bible, folks. They do believe in the Torah like there is no tomorrow, like we believe in the Torah. They just have problems with who Christ was. Anyway, moving right along. So how did I get off on that? I was talking about Atlanta. Mm-mm-mm. See what happened you get off. But uh, still, I believe it's Christians, please quit saying God, uh, Islam, worship another God. They worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, okay? All right? Three Abrahamic faiths. Islam, Christianity, and Judaism. All from Abraham. And the God of the Muslims is the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God's so-called Christianity is the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, Atlanta. I want to mention one other thing about Atlanta, and I want to move on to another city, Memphis. We've got some other cities to talk about. Um, met a brother by the name of, uh, I can't think of his brother's name. I just, I had to, I'll think here in a second. 